Thank you for joining the Small Business Owners and Operators Podcast. I'm your host, Drew T. Jackson. I'm a small business coach, speaker, and trainer, and I seek to bring you relevant interviews with small business owners and top-notch training in the areas of leadership, personal growth, and communication. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast or our YouTube channel, and you will receive notifications when we release new episodes. I want you to get ready. Today, I have a fantastic teaching on the law of modeling. This is part of a series that I did on the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Uh, based on a book by John Maxwell, and uh, I'm, I'm putting in some of these trainings here and there uh, between interviews. I've got some great interviews coming up uh, in the next few weeks, so I want you to be aware. I got some some uh, uh, ladies that are business owners, and I love getting uh, women business owners uh, on the podcast. They give a, a different perspective and um, and bring so much fantastic content and information. So. Really, if you know any uh, women-owned businesses that are that are just killing it out there and doing a wonderful job, uh, please uh, let me know uh, in the comments below. And I want to uh, I want to reach out to them and and line up some more interviews with wonderful uh, women business owners that we can uh, we can just share with the world on uh, on iTunes and also on on YouTube and kind of give them a platform to speak. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and hand you over to the, the recording and the training that I did uh, a few months ago. And I hope that this uh, strengthens you, encourages you, and builds you up in your, uh, your pursuit towards your goals. So have a great day. Talk to you soon. I'm so happy you're on the call tonight uh, talking about the law of modeling. Uh, the Law of Modeling out of the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. This is uh, chapter 13 in the book if you're following along. And uh, we've gone 13 weeks uh, making our way through all these various laws of personal growth. And I hope that um, you've been on the call over the past few weeks. If you have not, I will be making all 15 lessons available uh, in a few weeks. Uh, once I finish the series, it will be available for purchase on my website uh, for $39.99, and uh, it'll be it'll be uh, about seven hours of content, personal growth content that you will have access to and have the training. So uh, I hope you can do that. So the law of modeling. The law of modeling states this: it says it's hard to improve when you have no one but yourself to follow. It's hard to improve when you have no one but yourself to follow. You need a mentor. You need a coach. You need someone in your life that can speak into your life, that can watch your life, that can, can interact with you and, and give you feedback on what you're engaging in. A great quote by Andy Stanley says this, self-evaluation is helpful, but evaluation from someone else is essential. Evaluation from someone else is essential. So I want to ask you again, who's mentoring you? Have you experienced the power of mentorship in your life? Have you uh, engaged in a mentoring or a coaching relationship? In addition to being a speaker and a trainer, I'm also a coach. I have coaching clients that I meet with, that I interact with, that through questions we can, we can learn so much in their life. They can gain so much information and, and move forward in their life, in their business, 
in their personal growth and the goals that they have through one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is very similar to mentoring. And as I was thinking about mentoring, I was, I was reminded of one of the first books that I read on mentoring. It's called Mentoring, How to Invest Your Life in Others. And it was written by a guy named Tim, Elma, Tim Elmore. Now, Tim Elmore is a great, great guy. Uh, he, I actually got to meet him last year at Pepperdine University. He was at a training. And, uh, and he was doing the training and teaching the athletes there, the coaches, on how to interact with their, uh, their, their students and how to mentor them and how to uh, connect with them because many of the coaches were in their 30s, 40s, and 50s and their students are coming in, they're 18 years old and they're, they're either millennials or they are, um, I believe it's Generation Z, the very next generation after millennials. And, uh, and so he was teaching, he has all kinds of great content on how to, how to connect with them. I would really encourage you to grab his book, Mentoring, How to Invest Your Life in Others. And, uh, but what's so interesting about Tim is that he was actually mentored by John Maxwell. And many years ago, he was, he was John Maxwell's youth pastor, and he was mentored by him, and um, then they would kind of go on their separate paths, and Tim would start his own organization and uh, growing leaders. And you fast forward 20 years, and from what I'm told, uh, Tim Elmer is actually going to help the John Maxwell company write some content for uh, next generation leaders, uh, an opportunity that John has to impart into leaders in Africa um, in, in the coming years. So just you, you never know where a mentorship relationship is going to go. Uh, you just pour into other people's lives. You begin to engage in that, that relationship, and you see where it goes and what happens with it. So tonight I want to give you some practical um, ideas on who you should follow, who you should follow, because you need to have someone you're following. Books are a great way to start. It's great to start with a book, to, to ha have mentors from afar, but I want to encourage you to get mentors um, in your life that can interact with you um, as well. So who should I follow? A, a good mentor is a worthy example. They're a worthy example. There's someone worth following. There's someone that, that you want to learn from in their life. My dad and my father has been a fantastic mentor in my life. And you might think, well, obviously your dad is your mentor, you know. But, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't that obvious. Actually, for, for me, it was something I asked of my dad. My dad has been a pastor for many, many years. And, and I, uh, I, I was a brand new pastor, and I knew that I had many deficiencies. And so I went in his office one day. We were part of the same organization. I went in his office. I said, hey, Dad, uh, I, I would love it if you could mentor me. And we began an official mentoring relationship. And I would really encourage you, and this is something I learned from Tim Elmore's book, um, uh, Mentoring How to Invest Your Life in Others. In there, Tim Elmore really recommends a formal agreement that you go into this relationship, this mentoring relationship, and say, hey, Look, I'm going to invest in your life, but I need this back from you. And to really kind of put something down on paper and come to an agreement and say, hey, we're in this together, and, and, and I'm going to serve you, and you're going to impart to me. Well, anyways, my dad, he is really just highly, highly gifted in relationships. 
and in, in connecting with those around him. Many has tremendous influence with people in their lives because of the connection that he has with them and how he's invested in their life on a very personal level, been there for them in their deepest times of need. Whether it's a family member passing away or, or a, a, a time of, of being married, he's been there in those moments and walked through those, those moments with people. And so uh, last year, I want to honor my dad and bless him, and so I got him a signed copy of one of John's um, best books and one that impacted my life called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect, because my dad is the one that really modeled and showed me how to connect with others. So you want to first find a good mentor that is a worthy example. My dad is a worthy example. B, you want to find a good mentor is available. They've got to be available. You want someone that you can connect with, that you can interact with, that you can get on the phone, that you can have a conversation with. Now, you don't have to be best friends with them and, and be able to text them every moment of every day, but, but they do need to be available where you can kind of phone a friend. You can reach out to them in a time of need. And every, one of the, every relationship is going to be different. I've had people that I've really only reached out to them once or twice a year. Or we once a year had a lunch, and then in moments of crisis, that person was available to me and, and came in and, and, and helped me and walked me through a, a, a season, and then it went back to kind of that maintenance mode. There's different mentors for different stages and different interactions, and really being a mentee, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, because I really want to encourage you to go, go find a mentor if you don't have one yet. Um, I want to encourage you to mentor people as well, but today I'm really talking to you as a mentee, finding a mentor. So um, you want to find someone that's available, but recognize this. Every relationship has a different dynamic to it. And you're going to have a mentorship relationship with some that, that you work for the same organization and it's very disciplined and there's a regular time and a day that you meet with the person and you interact with them. And there's going to be others that are, are more organic in nature, you could say, and, and not as disciplined but uh, a, a blessing and a wonderful gift to you in a very different way. But they need to be available. See, a good mentor has proven experience. Proven experience. Another mentor in my life, long, long time mentor, is, uh, is my pastor, um, who, who has, has been a mentor in my life for over 13 years and uh, has really helped me through my whole journey um, as I was, was on staff at his church, and even before I was on staff at his church, uh, he mentored me through uh, this journey. And for, for him in my life, what, what he really modeled for me was leadership. He had proven experience in leading people, proven experience in, in leading large groups of people, proven experience in, in, in leading a, a church of over... Uh, uh, 1,800 people in regular attendance on the weekends. Um, that's a large group of people. Proven experience for, for 25 years uh, of leading large groups of people, getting teams to rally around an idea and move forward. He was a wonderful mentor in my life, and so I did something similar with him, and I, I got a, a, a 21 Laws of Leadership book 
uh, a signed copy from John Maxwell for him, and I, I gave it to him as a gift and, and thanked him for modeling leadership for me. A good mentor has proven experience. D, a good mentor possesses wisdom. You want them to have wisdom, and wisdom is really, it's, it's experience that's been reflected upon. Experience that's been reflected upon, and, and I needed this recently in my life. Uh, I, those of you that, that, that know me uh, know that my background, and I've shared this now on, on this uh, training, has been primarily in the nonprofit spiritual sector. I've been a pastor at a church for over 10 years been serving and, and a part of a team for longer than that. And that's my background. That, that's where I'm coming from. That's where leadership in the nonprofit, um, some people say that's the hardest form of leadership because you, you, you have to rally people that aren't getting paid to be there, right? Um, they're doing it for free. You have to actually sell them on a vision that they can rally behind and get behind. And... Uh, Anyhow, I'm transitioning out of that, that space, that area, into the business world and going full-time in my coaching, speaking, and training. And this is all kind of culminating at the end of this year, and, and we're in the middle of it right now, but through this whole uh, time, I sought out mentors. I sought out uh, people that could... Give me wisdom. I had some built-in mentors, uh, being a, a coach with the John Maxwell team. I, I have some mentors available to me, and two in particular that I've asked to help navigate me through this were uh, Mark Cole, the CEO of all six of John Maxwell's companies, and then also um, John Maxwell himself. On, on a few occasions, I've asked him questions, and most recently, just this last week on Thursday, I was able to ask him um, a question in regards to this transition that I'm in. But a good mentor possesses wisdom, and, and, and a piece of wisdom that Mark Cole gave me, because I called him, and, and, and once again, a, a good mentor is available and has proven experience. And so I called Mark, Mark Cole, and I asked him, I said, I, said, um, I want to transition well. I want to do this well. And I know that, that Mark Cole has actually made this exact transition before. He was a pastor on staff at his father's church, and he transitioned out to pursue uh, a career uh, with the John Maxwell Company in business. And so I, I asked him, I said, can you give me some tips? And he gave one of these tips to me. He gave me three, but I'll, t I'll share one with you. And he said, you need to set a date for what a good transition looks like. Talk to your oversight. Talk to your, 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 your boss at the church and set a date for what a good transition looks like. Now in a church, if you're familiar with that, uh, you, you, people, it's a volunteer culture. So, so coming off of staff, I, I obviously want to continue to volunteer at my church. I'm staying in the same area, staying at the same church, and so I want to volunteer. So I talked to my oversight, and, and, and I said, hey, let's set a date. I want to help accomplish this project, and then after that, we'll, we'll talk about any other, um, any other volunteering after that point, but I, 
I want to call this this time, and it's in March. When, when, when I complete that project in March, we can all say, hey, that was a good transition. That was a good transition right there. And, and, you, and you made it through, and, and you did well with that season. And there, there was a point behind that. That was wisdom that I received. E, a good mentor provides friendship and support. Friendship and support. I, I mentioned that other mentors at different times come in at different seasons and can be there during different times. And one of those people that has provided friendship and support for me would be um, Jude Fuquay. Jude Fuquay is a pastor in Ventura, California. And while I was a pastor in California, Pastor Jude, during crisis moments, especially were the greatest times, we met at other times as well, but in the crisis moments when my brother passed away, um, two weeks into the starting of our church, my brother passed away, Pastor Jude was there. He called me. He was there. He, 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 he met needs that I had, and he helped me out, and he, and he prayed with me and encouraged me. Um, when, when my wife had a miscarriage, he was there. He, he, he called me. He asked how I was doing. In those times of need, a good mentor provides friendship and support. F, a good mentor is a coach who makes a difference in people's lives. A coach that makes a difference in people's lives. I, I mentioned to you earlier, John Maxwell is one of those people that I was able to talk to this last week as I was going through this tr transition, knowing John's personal story, knowing that 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, John made the transition from being a pastor. And if you're on the call, if you're, if you're listening, if you're watching this YouTube uh, live, uh, look, I, I'm not trying to offend you I'm talking about pastors. That's just where I'm coming from. And, and, and you don't have to be a pastor to get this. You don't have to to be in the religious space. You don't have to be a person of faith to get what I'm talking about tonight. But that's just my journey. That's where I'm coming from. And some of the people that I've followed have come from the same space. But John, 25 years ago, was a pastor, but he made that transition into the business world. That's what he felt that he was called to do and he was supposed to do. And so I asked him the question. I said, hey, I'm making the transition. I'm leaving the known, right, what I've done, what I've been employed. And maybe you're on the call or maybe you're watching the video tonight and you're, you're at that kind of that moment where you're at that place where you're, you're comfortable in what you've known and where you've been for maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 5 years, whatever it is. You're comfortable. There's a place of comfort there. But you feel the pull to the unknown. You feel the pull to that, 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 that new area, that new, that new step that you've got to take, that you, you've got to take, you've got to move forward and take. And you feel drawn to that, that step and that new place and that new space. And, and I said, you know, you've got the known, you've got the unknown. How do you move forward confidently while at the same time knowing that failure is always a possibility for any one of us. Like if you step out into the unknown, you better be prepared. I, you better understand that, that failure can happen. Like how do you balance those two things? Knowing John has written a book called Failing Forward, but also knowing that he's, he's a very confident person in his interactions. And so I asked him this question, 
and uh, it was more succinct than I just shared it right there and less dramatic. <laughs> but he answered, he said, look, simply this, and I'll boil it down into, into one statement. And he said, I don't look back at what I left. I've never, I never leave something. I only go to something. And I focus on what I'm going to. And I focus on all the benefits of going to that new thing. And if, if I get in a moment where I'm, I'm a little shaky on my decision, I write down those things and I remind myself of why I made that decision to go to the next thing. And I just want to encourage you with that um, to, tonight on the call is that uh, if you ever are in that place where you're, you're, you're making a transition, don't leave something. Just go to something new. Move into that next thing. Move into that new space. Let go of what's behind and press forward in what lies ahead. I want to encourage you with that. Uh, I want to consider. I want you to consider some of these names for coaches from other cultures, uh, all of which uh, mean one uh, one who goes before and shows the way. We see this in, in many different cultures. You, you, sensei is one. That's one who's traveled further down the path. Uh, guru, um, gu means darkness. Ru means someone who brings light to darkness. So, so a guru is someone who brings sheds light on a situation. We might say um, another. Definition of a coach or a mentor is, is Lama, um, one with spiritual authority. Um, another is Maestro, a master of music. Another is a tutor, a private teacher, a guide, one who shows the way, or a mentor, a wise and trusted counselor. Let me give you five characteristics of, of, a, of a coach, and then we'll be done for the evening. Uh, a coach, first, they care for people they coach. You want to have someone that cares for you, that someone that cares about and, and, and desires your success, wants to see you be successful. Next, a coach observes uh, their attitudes, behaviors, and performance. A coach is going to watch your life. They're going to, they're going to the, see how you interact in situations, see how you come to conclusions and make decisions, and then they're going to, they're going to speak to those things. Next, a coach uh, aligns the person they're coaching with their strengths for peak performance. As a performance coach, as a business coach and leadership coach myself, what I do is, is, is my paradigm is that the answer is within, that, that, that I don't have to be an expert in what you do to coach you because you're the expert. What I do is I draw out from within that expertise, and I do that through asking you questions and helping you come to conclusions and realizations, help you process the information, the good stuff that already is on the inside of you, helping draw that good stuff out so that you can make the best possible decisions so you can operate in your place of strength for peak performance. Next, a coach communicates and gives feedback about performance. As a coach, I'm going to give you feedback. I'm going to, going to speak at what I see, share with what I see, give encouragement to what I see. And then finally, a coach helps the person they're coaching. They help them improve their lives and performance. I want to help the people around my life. 
I want to help those that I'm coaching, that I'm in a coaching relationship with. I want to help them reach their goals. So obviously I have to, what they're trying to do with their life has to be in alignment with me. But once we've figured that, that out and that that is, and that we're in alignment, then I want to help them be successful in their business. I want to help them be successful in, as an educator. I want to help them be successful uh, as, as, a, as a father, as a son. I want to help them be successful in that in which they are pursuing. And the law of modeling states that you need a coach because everybody needs a coach. Every one of us need a coach. All right, that is the law of modeling, and I hope that, uh, that you got something out of that tonight. I hope that you have some mentors in your life and that you're able to um, uh, connect with a mentor, and you know what to look for in a mentor now in your life. And, and uh, one, one thing that I can boil it down to when I encourage people to find a mentor is find someone that is living your dream and then... Ask them if you can take them to lunch. And if you start there, uh, you'll do great. You'll do fantastic at it. So thank you so much. Those of you watching on uh, YouTube Live, thank you so much for tuning in. And those of you on the call, listen to the recording, thank you so much.